The Bible says in the 19th verse, I want to share with you the good news version of the Bible. It's called the, the good news or, or God's word rather, God's word, God's word translation, GW. It says there was a rich man who wore expensive clothes. Every day was like a party to him. There was also a beggar named Lazarus who was regularly brought to the gate of the rich man's house. It said he was regularly brought to the gate of the rich man's house. So we see into that. Lazarus would have eaten any scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Lazarus was covered with sores and dogs would lick them. One day the beggar died and the angels carried him to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. He went to hell where he was constantly tortured. As he looked up in the distance, he saw Abraham and Lazarus. He yelled, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool off my tongue. I am suffering in this fire. Abraham replied, remember, my child, that you had a life filled with good times while Lazarus, life was filled with misery. Now he has peace here while you suffer. Besides, a wide area separates us. People couldn't cross it in either direction even if they wanted to. The rich man responded, then I ask you, Father, to send Lazarus back to my father's home. I have five brothers. He can warn them so that they won't end up in this place of torture. Abraham replied, they have Moses' teachings and the prophets. Your brothers should listen to them. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, if someone comes back from the dead, they will turn to God and change the way they think and act. Abraham answered him, if they won't listen to Moses' teachings and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone comes back to life. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your awesome word and ask that you would feed us that we may be a blessing to others through your word. Amen. Amen. I am about to hear the word of God. I receive it gladly. Because God's word will make a difference in my life. You may be seated. I speak unto you life, health, and prosperity. I am sharing from uh, the gospel according to St. Luke 19 through 31. And of course, as you know, the theme has been and is also today a prayer meeting in hell. Amen. A prayer meeting in hell. Look at your neighbor and say, it sound like a prayer meeting to me. It just so happens it was in hell. A prayer meeting in hell. The contemporary English version has several verses I would like to extract. Uh, uh, may not get back to them, so I uh, want to share these now. And the first, the first one is the 19th verse from the contemporary English version. It says there was a rich man, and I want to put emphasis on this, who wore expensive clothes every day and ate the best food. Of course, you know, Lazarus was just the opposite. He was a beggar, and perhaps he was a physically challenged beggar, 
a paraplegic uh, beggar, which means he had to be taken and or carried and dropped off there. Um, the next verse is the 23rd verse, and it says, he went to hell and, uh, and was suffering terribly. When he looked up and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side, 25th verse. Abraham answered after he asked just for Lazarus to dip his finger in water to touch his tongue. He responded in the 25th verse, contemporary English version. Abraham answered, my friend, remember that while you lived, you had everything good and Lazarus had everything bad. Now he is happy and you are in pain. I like this 26th verse from this translation. And besides, there is a deep ditch between us and no one from either side can cross over. There's a deep ditch. Remember the uh, God's Word translation says there uh, is a wide area that separates us and people couldn't cross in either direction even if they uh, really wanted to. Amen? For the last several weeks, uh, you may have been thinking what is it about uh, this particular sermon presentation and certainly was it, what is it about uh, today's work from God that uh, could possibly encourage us? How, how can this help us? How can this help us and how could this help us handle and how does this, this type of sermon help us to handle the challenges of life? What does it have to do with what uh, most people are confronted with? How does it help uh, us raise children better or in raising our children? How does it help us in making ends meet? How does this particular uh, presentation, this lesson, help us to have better marriages or help us to do what is right or live for God or live a better life? How does this sermon do some of that or do that? And as we examine even that question, we also examine the intent of the Lord. And maybe that Jesus uh, had none of these things as it relates to the particular uh, needs of those who heard him or the needs of people even, may I say, even now uh, when he spoke this real event. Now, uh, it does not mean that Jesus does not care about us and our needs. But when he spoke this particular event, uh, and this was not a parable but an event in the life of two people, maybe what the Lord wanted uh, his listeners and wants, want, wants us even today uh, is to primarily focus on a larger view of life. On a larger view of life. Uh, rather than on these things that constantly, constantly exist in our lives. As long as you have children, you're going to be challenged with raising them. As long as uh, you live, there are going to be ends to be met. Amen. As long as you live, there is and ought to be a desire to do better and to live better, to know God and to uh, see 
uh, things change for the good in your life. But Jesus seemed to always have a larger view in mind. You know, I think of when he talked uh, about uh, murder. Jesus' concept of murder was different than the Old Testament concept of, of murder. Concept of murder or an atrocity done against you was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Say amen. Jesus uh, was completely different in his teaching. Represents the love of God, the kindness of God. He says, don't hate your brother. Say amen. Indicating that the source behind the murder is some type of relationship gone bad to the extent that it uh, ends up in hatred. Amen? Jesus always seemed to focus on the larger view. And his teaching speaks to that, even the word of God. So he may have had a larger view in mind, amen, when he spoke this. Amen. And that larger view was how we live for God now. Amen. Uh, wh what was important uh, was not what we are confronted with, but the larger view is what do we look forward to? Many of these things may never change. Uh, immediately, your marriage may not get better immediately. You're raising your children. They may not change immediately. I can't get no help in here. You may not see your financial situation change immediately. Say amen. Uh, there are certain things that you are doing may not result in immediate change. Amen. Praise God. But the larger view is that even though these things may not change, the things we're confronted with in this life there is something to look forward to according to God's word and that is the eternal promise of God. Amen? The eternal promise of God. That is that things may not get better right away but I have a future and I have a great hope. Amen. I told the class that when you see the word hope in the New Testament it, it means wherever it is put in front of it means the situation is actual. Amen. I hope, I hope to live in heaven is an actuality through the work of Christ. So the word hope, which is short verse as, as faith and a positive future, always guarantees that where hope is, it is the end result of the work of God. We have hope in Christ. The end result is Christ's work finished everything for us to have a better life, specifically eternal life. Amen. The larger view that, that Jesus had in mind was focus on the eternal promise. And that is living for God and being with God. Your eternity far exceeds your everyday challenges. That is the promise of that will supersede, uh, stands larger than your everyday challenges. Every day you're going to have something to deal with. Praise God. But that won't change God's promise of eternity. Amen. Of spending all the rest of eternity with him in Christ. Amen. Amen. He had that in mind. 
He had that larger view in mind. And when we keep the larger view in mind, it really helps us to endure, amen, these less important things compared to eternal life. It makes it easier for us to bear those things. When we have eternity in mind, when we have a heavenly goal, it makes what I go through much easier to bear. Maybe going through some rough times right now, but after a while, after a while, God's going to not only change it to some degree here, he's going to finalize it when I'm with him. Amen. That helps us to handle whatever we're up against because we have our hearts on things that are above and not things that are below. We are heavenly minded, which makes earthly challenges less effective against us. Take everything we have. We still have a mansion that's already promised us. May not drive the best of automobiles, praise God, but amen. Why are we going to need that? Amen. Where we're going. <laughs> Say amen. We don't want to go right away because we have things that we have to finish down here. But this propels us through every one of raising the kids, making men's eat, better marriage, what I do to live a better life for God. Amen. It helps us to bear up to these things. It helps us to see these things from a larger view. Amen. The most important thing in our lives is Will we be with Jesus? Amen. Will we see him in peace? Amen. Regardless of whether these things change or not, we must be focused on God's eternal promise, spending forever with him. Amen? Amen. Uh, maybe laughed at now, but I will have the last laugh. Amen. Say amen. Maybe thought of as fanatical, Indifferent, strange, amen. Counting it all joy when I'm going through diverse temptations or trials or testings. But I have the larger view in mind. Say amen. And the larger view is Christ's price for me on the cross paid the price for me to have an eternal future. Amen. May mess with my now, but can't mess with my future, man. Tell your neighbor, maybe the enemy may mess with my now, but he can't mess with my future. Praise God. He may, mess with me, may, may, may attempt to throw me off course now, but he can't change the eternal promise that God has given me. Am I right about it? Amen. So no matter how I may be down on Monday, I've got something to look forward to before the day ends because Tuesday I'm going to have a recovery. And my recovery is going to be brought on on the fact is I have something prepared for me. Amen. That's better than where I am right now. Amen. Amen. The believer's hope is a guarantee that God has already made arrangements for him in a better place. Amen. Amen. God blesses us while we're here. But this little bit of stuff that we have here is never to be compared with all that God's got for us when we're with him. Amen. Here's what Paul said about the whole situation, amen, from a, from, a, from a perspective of which he was dealing with afflictions and troubles. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen? There are uh, three words, light, affliction, and moment. Amen? Now, when he uses the word affliction, it is the word us, and it means pressures and hardships and burdens that we may have along with persecution and tribulation or trouble and anguish. This is what Paul is saying and this is amazing because all of his heavy continuous burdens were as he said, as he is teaching the Corinthian believer as it speaks to us is only light. You mean some of the stuff you're confronted with is light? When you, when you weigh it against God's eternal promise, it's light. Say amen. amen. When you weigh it against our future and our hope, it's light. Enemy wants us to focus on lightweight when heaven and eternity is the heavyweight. Amen. He wants us to focus on things that are temporal for things that are eternal. Too many believers are living temporal lives. I said this morning, amen, we come to the house of God because we love Jesus. Amen. You don't get any points for serving the Lord. God doesn't have a point system. I wonder how many points you get today. It's cold out there. So would you get 10 points for cold? 16 points for freezing? Say amen. No. Uh, absolutely not. You don't get a point or points for worshiping and serving the Lord. Amen. You serve and worship the Lord because you have an eternal promise and you are living that life to receive that eternal promise, which is to be with Jesus in heaven. Amen. Say amen. Because how you live determines how you will live again. Amen. Say amen. So no matter what we're going through, Paul was saying it's but it's clipsus. The clipsus is the affliction, but the light is the F, is the elephrost. The elephrost is that which is light in weight. It is easy to bear. It's interesting that Jesus uses this word only twice in the New Testament, and the other time is in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 30, you know, when he talks about taking his yoke upon you, uh, amen, for his burdens are light and his way is easy. Say amen. Amen. That's the only other time. And he says that, amen, his burdens are easy to bear. Amen. They are light in weight. The other word is that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. It is but for a moment. It's momentary. The Greek word is paratika. It means brief. For the slight moment, it's only a spot. When you weigh all these things that we go through compared to the longevity of eternal life, those things, amen, should not move us. They are irrelevant to what I have promised to me. Amen. Say amen. amen. They exist, but they don't stop what God has already done. Amen. It's interesting that we live on the other side, the finished side of Christ. Everything is finished on this side. Say amen. We don't, we don't hear that phrase used too often, living on the finished side of the work of Christ. 
which means everything that Christ has done, amen, uh, the, the work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, provides us as believers everything we need for life and godliness. Everything. And here's the good news about all of it. It is not that it is going to be. It may come to pass one day in the by and by. It is to be understood we have it right now. I can't get no help in here. We are healed right now. On the, on the, on the other side of the finished work of Christ, we are delivered right now. I don't hear about why come I'm not delivered yet. Well, you just need to change your side. That's all. Just move over. Whose side are you on? You got to get on the Lord's side. And you got to stay over there until you see what you believe in God for is confirmed. You know, a lot of times we are not where God wants us to be when God wants to answer that request that you have before him or work that miracle in your life. We got to stop being Thomases. We got to show up at church on Sunday night. Amen. In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the figurative context of things. We got to be where God wants us to be. When he comes looking, God is not going to put a search warrant APB out on you. You've been calling him, Lord, come, Lord Jesus. Come, heal my body. Amen. And the Lord shows up and says, where's that person that was asking me to heal them, deliver them? Well, they decided to take the day off. All right, tell them I was here, but I'm not, I didn't come uh, for, for nothing since I'm here, I think I'll heal somebody else. Look at your neighbor and says, I'll take every blessing that you leave behind. Amen. I'll take, I'll take that eternal promise. Amen. If you want to leave it on the table, amen, praise God. I'm like that Syrophoenician woman. I'll just take the crumbs that fall from the... Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Oh, praise the name of God. He said it works for a moment. It's just a moment. Amen. It's brief. Eternity is forever. Stuff we're dealing with is brief. It's really 90% of what you do with what you're up against and not 90% of the things you are confronted with. 10% confronted, 90% what you're going to do with it. Say amen. How are you going to handle it? Praise God. I'll tell you what Jesus had in mind. Handle it through the, through the lens of a promise. Amen. A promise. And the promise is, Eternal life. Hello? Eternal life. God puts such an emphasis on it. He said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. Whosoever believe on Jesus Christ in your heart, say amen. For God so loved the world, whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have. He puts the emphasis on it. That's called the gospel. Everything we preach, amen, is takes a, a wide lens and looks through it, but it narrows at the end, and at the end, it's the gospel. It's Christ died on the cross, and for whoever believes in him has an eternal promise. That's it, man. John 3.16 is just not John 3.16. John 3.16 is the gospel in one verse. It is the good news. That verse will save you, deliver you, keep you. I don't hear nobody talking. That verse will change your life. Am I right about it? He said it's but for a moment. It means brief. For the slight moment. Touch the neighbor says it's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's gonna, everything's going to pass. The reason it's going to pass because you want it to pass because you have the larger view in mind. Amen. Amen. 
I'm going to let it go because I got to get to where Jesus is. I'm not going to let this stop me. No wait. I'm going to lay aside and even every sin that so easily tries to beset me. Amen. Praise God. Not only did Paul's physical suffering make him spiritually strong, as I may reiterate the contents of that verse, it also enriched his, his eternal reward. It enriched his eternal reward. The physical sufferings made him spiritually strong, but it enriched, it enriched his eternal reward. It made the eternal reward more valuable, more contextual. It added more weight to it. Man, just think of what's going to be like. Have you ever been really thirsty? I mean, really thirsty. Well, some of you haven't. I'm only talking to a few of you. You've really been really thirsty. Amen? All right, okay. Let me change that analogy because that's not going over very well. Have you ever had something you really wanted, you craved? Helene, you know, bread pudding, I really crave it. You know, I mean, and when you get it, you go, mmm, that sure was good. Amen. It seemed to have satisfied that craving. Am I talking to anybody? Am I talking to anybody? Praise God. Well, that's what Paul had in mind. He said, this physical suffering just makes me spiritually strong, but it just makes eternity that much better. It makes it much more appealing. It makes it taste better. It makes it look better. Man, don't mess with me. I have an eternal view that is blocking out all these things in my periphery. Everything the enemy is pulling at me, trying to distract me with, cause me focus with. Amen. No, no, no. Uh-uh. When I taste of the goodness of Jesus in eternity. All this other stuff will be just a light, a light moment. Say amen. It, it will be uh, just passing clipses, pressures that came and went. Because I kept my mind and heart and, and, and focus on the larger view. have been listening to Bishop Joseph L. Shannon Sr., pastor of Greater St. Paul Ministries, the church in the heart of the city with the people of the city in its heart. We invite you to be our guest at our West Campus location located at 5116 Terrace Drive, Omaha, Nebraska, or at our North Campus location located at 2123 Miami Street, Omaha, Nebraska. We are one church in two locations. To purchase the full message, please visit our website at www.gspministries.net. If you would like to contact us, our North Campus phone number is 402-341-2231 and our West Campus number is 402-932-4415. Be blessed.